mount your flying fairy moths and cheese your environmental message to kids this week as we start up a third series of kaiju films here in the heisei era worship this week's kaiju with a song and listen as we explore how this film came to be this is kaiju versus history rebirth of mothra Welcome back to Kaiju versus History. This is your tiny evil robot riding sister, Miles. And joining me is a small mind-controlled child in the form of Patrick. And Patrick, if I still wasn't recovering from being sick, I would have tried my best, also worst, Rita Repulsa impression. <laughs> but that would have just honestly sounded like a choking cat at this point. <laughs> <laughs> After 10,000 years, this logging company has set me free. Well, the thing what? was, like, I think she was already free. I, I was I was confused by yeah. by her circumstances. Yeah, the beginning of the movie is a little confusing. You're like, oh look, there's Mothra. What's happening in Mothra? Oh, Mothra. Uh, and then yes, the thing kind of spirals from there. This this movie is very loosey goosey with his logic because like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even even when the 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 bad girl is called like, oh. She's a bit of a troublemaker. And I'm like, yeah, I think nearly wiping all life on Earth out is maybe a little more severe than just <laughs> a troublemaker. What but a that's scamp. Just what a little rascal our sister Belvere is. We are, of course, talking about this week's film, 1996's Rebirth of Mothra, the first in the brand new Rebirth of Mothra series, which is what's known as over here. It released, though, in um, Japanese theaters uh, is their holiday release in 1996, came out December 14th. It's a family friendly, fun film and was brought over to the U.S. on home video release in 2000, along with the sequel, which would come out a year. I think they're all one year apart. I think I remember those hitting hitting my local Best Buy because I used to I used to haunt Best Buy for (laughs) like new genre releases. And Mm -hmm. so like in in the the sci fi section, which I think they they initially put any and all anime in until they got their own anime section, they would put all all of the Japanese like kaiju film and and Japanese. Well, any Asian country's genre films would just be in science fiction, whether they were science fiction or not. So the like, <laughs> old boy would be in there, despite the <laughs> fact that old boy is not a science fiction film. It's not a horror film. It's just a film. That's pretty but, funny. I was about to say, Rebirth of Mothra, more fantasy than it's science yeah, fiction and, for and sure. And this, this definitely feels like, it. Ha- had this been an American film, this is this feels like a, a holiday release kind of movie. You know, it's got yeah. that feeling to it. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, of the Toho films of the Heisei area, this this one definitely feels as much as some of the Godzilla ones felt influenced by Hollywood. This one feels very much influenced by the family kind of friendly blockbusters of the 1990s. Your your Home Alones and your and yeah, and, and not that just nature. that, even even the ones that may have been like lower key, but like it helped. I mean, it has like I don't remember like prehysteria and stuff like that, where like mm. you know a kid would discover dinosaurs or something like that. It it, it feels very much in that kind of Amblin adjacent 
kind of <laughs> subgenre that that populated video stores in the mid to uh, early to mid nineties. Well, it, it's funny that you mentioned Amblin because there is yeah, Okihiro uh, Yoneda is the director of Rebirth of Mothra, and I got a lot of Spielberg esque kind of oh. influences there's a lot of homages directly like the, the toys and stuff the movie and just oh, so that, many well, that, the fact that like they get to take a ride on mothra at the end and like <laughs> you know they may they may have started playing the et music they may as well start doing that <laughs> but before we dive more into this movie and and how it came to be patrick you gotta tell me what is in a title well you know mothra, mothra. gets rebirthed <laughs> yeah the japanese title is just masura you know, like just Mothra in, in the, the, the Japanese. It came out over here as Rebirth of, of Mothra, perhaps because the original Mothra was just called Mothra and they wanted to, you know, Separate avoid. <laughs> yeah, even though that was a, we'll talk about it, a potential title. The Japanese VHS gave it a subtitle of The Queen of Monsters, which I really appreciate, really enjoy. The Japan, or no, German release was Mothra. The Seal of the Elias, which is, you know, a pretty, pretty yeah. good subtitle. That That's one thing I do dislike about this trilogy is they're all called Rebirth of Mothra. It's just Rebirth of Mothra 2 and then 3. <laughs> Rebirth of Mothra 2, Rebirth of Mothra 3. And uh, Sweden kind of switched it up, called it Mothra's Rebirth, which is a little different, but more of the same. I don't hate it, honestly. I like that it's kind of like, you know... This is this version of Mothra, and they're just kind of sticking with that. That's I I don't hate that, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> uh, a full year before, no, uh, several years before the movie came out here in the U.S., Toho submitted a few different titles to the copyright office, the U.S. copyright office for potential release over here. One of them was just called Mothra. Another one, Mothra 2, so maybe as a sequel to like the 60s Mothra. The third one I really liked was Mothra versus Dora. Well, that's a great title. I, I love it being a I mean, title. It is. It is a great title. It's not. I mean, they could have gone with that and it would have been perfectly fine. And then um, they, they had a, a typo in one of them called called uh, her Mathra. <laughs> Mathra resurrected <laughs> potentially. But uh, oh. yeah, they, they didn't end up using any of those once it came out on VHS. But those are ones that they they submitted. Uh, at least Toho Kingdom uh, has has reported that. And yeah, eventually they would go through with just Rebirth of Mothra for those, I guess, both VHS and DVD releases in 2000. But been a pretty early DVD, I feel like. Cool yeah, one. I mean, not not super early if it was in 2000. I remember the first DVD I think I was like very excited to go out and get was for The Matrix. I was like, ah, this is going to look great on uh, my, my my first DVD. And <laughs> I, I know what two of my first I, that my first one was uh, Dark City. <laughs> nice. And I know my my second was Highlander 2 Renegade Edition. <laughs> Whoa. Well, those are very specific <laughs> choices there. But I was yeah, a magical. very well because that, that was the thing about DVDs is like these special editions were already like that was the avenue they were releasing these mm -hmm. things, and so like were some of these things like you couldn't get the director's cut unless it was the, the the DVD or oh this special edition of this random movie, which in this case was Highlander two, and I was a big Highlander <laughs> kid, and and am a weird apologist for that second movie. Um, 
was like, oh, I got to see the Renegade Edition. It came with this like insert that's this big, long essay by the directors and writers or whatever, talking about how they saw it as a really a reboot of of Holly. And they're not really a sequel. Mm-hmm. And all this this big apology for the movie, basically. And I'm like, I don't care. I like it. But yeah, that, that was so that was around the late 90s. So 2000, that's about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that's just about it for the the titles of, of this movie. And one thing that maybe they did want to bring back some of the kind of clout of just the, the title being Mothra was this is very decidedly not a sequel to any Mothra film is not this yeah, is not the Heisei Mothra. This is like its own continuity. So maybe makes sense if they were planning to make this into multiple films to be like, no, this is the Mothra. <laughs> yeah, I, I would still call it the Heisei Mothra. It's just unlike the Heisei Godzilla. It's more like well, the Heisei Gamera, where it, it's just rebooting the concept altogether. <laughs> I mean, we've technically already had a Heisei Godzilla Mothra. <laughs> so this that's, is... That's absolutely true. Yeah. So this is Mothra's own little movie. But Mothra 2.0. Yeah, no, no mention is made of Godzilla. But here's the thing, is Mothra is already an old lady in this movie. So feasibly, mm-hmm. it could be the Mothra from a prior movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of, well, I mean, it, in the Heisei movie, she dissipates at the end of that one, and we'll we'll talk about it. Um, we've already seen a fairy Mothra in the Heisei Godzilla movies, but it is a different fairy Mothra, you know, but right. that idea <clears throat> has already showed up in the films. But no, they, they made this its own continuity because people are astounded when they start seeing these giant kaiju, because I don't think giant kaiju exists in this world universe like well, that. they're they're we don't see the giant kaiju ki- 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 interact with humans until further in the movie. Mostly, it's these tiny kaiju that yeah. we're dealing with at first. <laughs> the the Elias in this film, they are no longer the Cosmos or what were they in the Heisei era? Just the Shobaban. Yeah, uh, the the Elias they are, are, but they are still a, the tiny beauties. Hey, yeah, little cuties. These tiny magical peoples that defend this world against evils, including Desigadora, who you know they they in enlisted the help of many Mothra. There wasn't just one Mothra. There were yeah dozens and, of and, Mothras that defended the planet at uh, at that time. And this. <sighs> This goes back to something I think you said on an episode of Super Bracket Bros that we did when we were discussing Ghidorah. Because mm. what we were bringing, we brought up uh, briefly Desi Ghidorah or Death Ghidorah in some English versions. Such a cool um, name. Which is, yeah. And honestly, great looking creature. I love Desi Ghidorah. I think he looks yeah. so sick. I, I prefer it so much more to uh, regular King Ghidorah. I, I like the black, the dark skin look a lot but, more you can't have that though with a, a dark skin godzilla you know like they're if they both right, look right. the exact it's same way it would much the same well palette going around not a problem the, with mothra the colorful mothra though no but the, the problem is is <laughs> getting functionally useless <laughs> <laughs> like really like yes it has the upper hand because like it, it's it's discussed as if it was like a galactus like this this thing's an eater mm-hmm. of planets it 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 consumes the life it, force of planets canonically in this series destroyed mars mars used to be lush until desigadora came and, and ate it up and now it doesn't really eat people it it wants older life energy so like 
hundred year old trees, just like the 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 lumber company needs to to pulp up ancient trees. Desgadora likes to eat these ancient creatures. And, yeah, and take and, their energy. And and like any any Ghidorah appearance, I mean, this creature is discussed and and talked about, and you know, we're given lore that this thing is the baddest beast on the block. The the most vile evil you could possibly come across, and I mean, then it kind of gets its butt kicked. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it you know it kills it, Mothra it, in this movie. It does very it gets well. Some licks. Well, the thing is, it kills Mothra, but they even preface like Mothra's super super old. <laughs> they're they're surprised she's even leaving the island. So I'm like, it's right, beating kick- up a, an octogenarian. Yeah, you, you, right, you kicked an old lady on the stairs. I'm I'm not Way super to impressed with your with your fighting ability. Like you have an infant. And an old person like that. That yeah. is what Desigidra is fighting against. I felt like if there was a, a, a fully adult kaiju romping in, whether it was Angerus or or Godzilla, this thing would get stomped pretty quickly. And and that's not a, a real complaint. It's just it's a general thing that happens with this character until we get to maybe the legendary verse. Mm. I mean, there's other versions that, that do OK, but like this, it seems to be a problem with Ghidorah where he's he's built up so much that. When Ghidorah boy. or Desigidora gets into action, like even though it has the upper hand for parts of this movie, like as soon as as the baby Mothra becomes adult Mothra, like it's over. Yeah, like, oh yeah. Well, that it also just it gets born and levels up and has like five new powers we've never seen a Mothra no. have in any film. So it also has a dope color scheme. I love, yeah. I love the new Mothra's colors. It's all more greens and stuff. It looks great. Yeah. So it's the, 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 you know, we'll talk about all these monsters in, in just a minute, but the new Mothra is a Mothra Leo, which I think sometimes is, is, is called Rainbow Mothra, but I think that comes in a later movie as well. But it mm. is a, a good deal, different coloration than uh, his mother. So looks looks very different and has has a lot of different powers. We haven't talked too much about <laughs> the rest of this film. There are human characters, a couple of siblings and their parents, uh, the father of whom is in charge of this logging company. And this takes place majority of this film up in Hokkaido. So if you are looking forward to some city and and urban destruction sequences, it's really almost all in the forest. There's a pretty cool dam destruction sequence, maybe even to rival that 1966 Gamera dam destruction. But it, for the most part, you're out in, in the woods and mm-hmm. besides our little cuties, Elias sisters, we have Belvera, who is the uh, aforementioned <laughs> evil Rita Repulsa style character of this kid's movie, who I just absolutely adore everything about <laughs> writing her own little evil dragon <laughs> as opposed to yeah. a fairy Mothra, which looked like a like a desert version of like a Dorat. Yeah, kind of. It's a little Doraty. It definitely has elements, uh, the cute design elements of, you know, your little Godzilla. I think the one from uh, versus Mecha Godzilla. So the, the one that's not super cute, but is like halfway in between. I kept imagining they, they had the same designer, but I, I kept, keep forgetting to look it up. <laughs> but yeah, this this movie is indeed about Mothra dying. 
her son being reborn, getting these powers, helping the humans defeat Desigadora and Belvera and sealing the monster away, sealing the, the evil away. And pretty, pretty simple, basic kaiju kids movie plot. I think it does very well in, in that respect as far as like an accessible movie that kaiju film that you can show to children and get them in, involved i think in in the genre it reminded me also a good deal of another movie that came out in the i think in the 90s fern gully because <laughs> of those environmental messages that yeah that were kind i of mean fern, fern gully fern gully is certainly that's way more ingrained into every facet i mean they they fight literal pollution <laughs> played by it, tim it, curry in that movie yeah <laughs> okay. a, sing, a, a singing tim curry you can never go wrong also got robin williams as, as a, a bat fruit and and the the fairy's name is krista which is my fiance's name oh <laughs> oh yeah they're fairies um, in that movie too i forgot yeah. <laughs> I'm, keep, keep making all these yeah can you imagine there should have been this should have been the movie that we got uh whatchamacallit back violante hetera hetera should oh, hetera. be the, the monster yeah of this movie. man mother versus hetera sounds like a, the perfect movie concept I, like, it, it would have been a great place to bring back and, and do a new heisei hetera so this this movie begins <laughs> now now i'm angry that we didn't get that i wish i didn't yeah think no about no that. now now i'm i'm kind of pissed oh. I, I mean toho still has time to make that right yeah, you can hey, still make a Mothra movie. They honestly, said they want to make a their own Toho Monsterverse. So I I would love to see a new new Mothra movie. Boy, I mean, I, I mean, it's excited. All I am. the stuff that's happened in the last twenty years. I know some of it was used for Shin, God, uh, Shin Godzilla, but like you could easily have Hedera. I think when this movie comes out, we will be just getting the Godzilla minus one here in 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 U.S. theaters and. Yeah, just take that same kind of energy and and just keep rolling with it. Keep making these kaiju movies, Toho. I'm, yeah, uh, it's it's so funny when we when we started this podcast, we had a set of this is probably where we're going to end. There might be one or two, and like they keep making more. Like, yeah, yeah like we're catching up to the modern times pretty quickly, but like they keep making more, so we may not be going away as soon as we thought. Yeah, <laughs> we, we started there around September of 2021, and. Then they <laughs> that's when uh, Clifford, the big red dog came out and we're like, oh, OK, I guess we'll cover that for fun at the end. And then they just kept making kaiju films, <laughs> they kept making kaiju bringing... films and I, you you are not going to hear a complaint out of me because for the most part of, of the ones I've seen been really good. We, we're kind of in a little bit of a golden age since the monster monsterverse began. I do want to talk a little bit um, before we get to the historical aspect uh, while we're still talking about the the plot of this movie. So this movie starts essentially with with our characters, the two human children uh, who are... I, will, I won't forgive you or I will forgive you for forgetting their names because I don't remember the, uh, the two kids. It, no, no, I, I do remember it's it's Taiki, Taiki. and Swa- Wakaba. Wakaba. So... We're introduced to them and they're the absolute chaos they bring upon their poor mother because (laughs) they're like having breakfast and they're both like torturing one another very, very loudly. And while the mom's on the phone talking to the dad who works the lumber company and and is getting the explanation that he's not going to be home soon. And my my initial note was, if I were the dad, I'd find an excuse to stay away from home, too, (laughs) (laughs) because those kids are awful and and the, it, the actors are great i'm talking about like the the actual characters are being 
terrors. And I'm yeah. like, I I do not, I do not have within me to deal with that at all. There's there's some great kids action though. Like once absolutely uh, Wakaba gets possessed by uh, Velvera. I mean, legit, they psychically they, they, throwing her brother. Around. They almost went J horror with that sequence. <laughs> there there are some 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 great Dutch angle shots. Some some interesting kind of Jallo like lighting when. She's psychically throwing her brother around. And like, she's got that super pale makeup on. Then her her and, mother just comes in. And it's like, stop playing you two. <laughs> Until she gets Please. attacked by the, the, what, what, what was a little do rat thing called? It is Garu Garu. Garu Garu. Which is honestly, I think my favorite design of this entire movie. I just loved him. Love the little guy so much. I, I like him. I like fairy too. The little, the little Mothra, the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I love, I love that the, the Elias, the, the tiny beauties, they have, they have a little, little Mothra of their own. Yes. And I thought that was super, one, it's super cute. And all these Mothra designs are, are great. I mean, yeah, they, they are. it's, it's, I think that what this film does very well is it takes what people love about Mothra and just does more of it. Like yeah. they love that Mothra is, this super cool, colorful creature defends the earth. And like, so of course it's going to be a family friendly movie and the dark creatures are going to be the evil things trying to take all life from earth. But like everything about this movie in that respect, I think works like for this specific Kaiju. I I think Mm -hmm. if, if you were to make a movie that isn't the initial Mothra, this is the kind of Kaiju film that I think needed to be done to reintroduce this character as a solo star. Yep. Yeah, I agree. This is one of the last films that famed producer, the legendary Toho exec, Tomoyuki Tanaka, was given credit for. He got story credit because he was, you know, one of the, I think, original or the main producer for the original Mothra film and, of course, made Gojira in 1954 happen. And yeah, this is a year before he dies. I think he gets a a special credit on the next film as well, Rebirth of Mothra 2. But yeah, he's at this point over 40 years still getting credits in the 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 films put out by by Toho. I don't know if he had much of a hand in in the actual right. production well, I mean, of this film, but and this this one this is Six. So this is three years after the death of, of Shiro Honda, and there is a photo of him in the, uh, the Goto's household mm-hmm. to make it look like maybe it was a grandfather or something. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a fun little little detail. Uh, but Masumi uh, Sutani is the writer of the screenplay. Also wrote the next two films in the the trilogy, which uh, they, they all do feel a little bit different. But I think keeping one, I, I believe it's one director and one writer for all three of them does give it a little bit of, of cohesion that they all feel. Oh no, actually I think rebirth of Mothra two has a different actor now that I'm looking or a director now that I'm looking about it, but same, same writer for, for all three films. Yeah. Kunio Miyoshi does the second one that is definitely maybe the redhead stepchild of the three, but because the first <laughs> and the third have Ghidorahs of a sort, but uh, this one I did want to point out are Laura and Maul, or I think that the, the Maul had some different names, I think, in different uh, dubs of the film. She's called a, a few different things. Like, I think Mala was was one of the translations, but she was called um, 
think Mona or something in the in the one yes. I was watching. Yeah, so Laura Mona, depending on the the translation. I did, I think I did watch the English dub of this this Oof, time around. I'm sorry. I I I it's, oh, saw it's rough. some of that dub. It's rough. <laughs> well, rough, I've, rough. I I own it in the original Japanese. So I have seen it a few times in the Japanese. So I was like, let's try some different. And it's their international dub. So it is always a lot of fun. <laughs> how how yeah, silly so, it is. Some, some of those dubs aren't bad, but this, this one in particular was yikes. But the two main actors playing our fairy folk are Sakaya Yamaguchi as Laura and Megumi Kobayashi as Mona or Maul. And they are amazing. They are both great they are putting in a lot more work than I feel like this kind of movie needs. And, you know, for the most part, they're on green screens. You got to got to remember that <laughs> or they're on those miniature sets that they, they do very well in, in these films. They also perform some of the songs, which I think was really, really cool. There's two new songs Mm-hmm. In, in this film, uh, along there with, were enough course, songs that I, I thought we might be borderlining uh, a musical here. <laughs> <laughs> well, whenever something spectacular goes down with Mothra, they have to have a song. So they summon Mothra with, of course, Yuji Kaseki's Mothra song from from the original film. There is one when I think the egg hatches another song and then another one. No. Yeah. Another one when. Mothra Leo cocooned goes from the larval form to the Im- Imago form. So wh- whenever there's like a transition in a Mothra's life, they have to honor it in song, which I thought was kind of interesting. Do, do you want to talk a little bit about the designs in, in detail? Sure. We, we talked about Death Ghidorah designed by Minoru Yoshida. He began working primarily during the Heisei Godzilla films and started with the production of 1990s Mothra versus Bagan. <laughs> Here he is our, once our, again. Our well, one day, one day this character will have it stay in the sun. Well, I think some of the design elements did make it into Desgadora, but he's also credited as helping put together Batra, Mechagodzilla, and, and, and Space Godzilla, Destroya. So it was all over the, the later Heisei Godzilla films. I do not like the sound effect that they went for, for his roar is very elephant um, and kind of trumpeting. It's not the best, but it's certainly what better than the, the little chittering they usually have Gator mm-hmm. do. I've always thought that's a weird sound effect for that monster. And while this wasn't an, much of an improvement, I, I still kind of prefer it over the little chittering. The, the trill. Yeah. Yeah. There's enough differences that I do really appreciate Descadora overall. I think a little bit. I, I think design Gidorah. wise, the monster looks amazing. I think it's at at, at this so, point in time with the best looking versions of the Ghidorah creature. Yeah. And and this one doesn't um, even have its wings. It's kind of got like nubs that it doesn't use in the film. And yeah. And you get, also, you get the feeling that those those wings were like probably taken away at some point. Yeah, maybe it was like too much with the wire work, but they they talk about it in the script as like once it gets enough power, it's going to get its wings and it can, you know, basically raise the entire planet at that point. It is also different from the regular Ghidorah. It doesn't have like a laser beam attack. They use real practical fire on set. uh, And it looked really good. Yeah. And it's something that they did with Orochi, the eight headed dragon. 
and we loved the those special effects in that movie. The special effects in those movie are amazing, and <laughs> mm-hmm. the uh, a another Yoshida Mizuhu Yoshida is the suit actor for Desgadora, and we we saw him last as one of the two suit animators suit actors for Mother Legion in, in Gamera Two. This is a quadrupedal version of 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 a Ghidra kind of creature, which is another thing we haven't seen before. Believe it or not, <laughs> as crazy as as that is. Mm-hmm. So there's enough differences. I really appreciate it. We're going to see that suit actor again in not the King Ghidorah suit, but he's going to play Godzilla in GMK Godzilla Mothra King Ghidorah giant monsters all out attack in 2001. So not a lot he could do with probably, you know, the, the extremely heavy Desgadora suit on him, but no, I mean, we, and we kind of <laughs> talked about that with um, mostly, yeah, there's, there's heads on wires. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought were controlled pretty well in this movie. Yes. The, the, the head, the head movement puppetry was phenomenal, especially when you had the individual heads doing different things, including the, the brutal attacks on the little baby Mothra larvae. Like, yeah. And they they add in like it's like some animals like chewing sounds on there when it like chomps <laughs> into it. I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> Mothra Leo form. <laughs> it's pretty good. They they decide for Mothra Leo to not reuse the prop that they had in Godzilla versus Mothra, which was only what four years before this. But they mm-hmm. designed a brand new one, and Koichi Kawa. Kita went ahead and, and and approved the the basically what they wanted was full articulating kind of movement from this larval prop. So they I think they designed it to mimic an actual caterpillar's like kind of undulating movement. So it made it a a not pseudomated prop in any way, but gave it a, a kind of internal mechanism to to be used you know, hydraulically, I guess, from from a side. And so it, it, it was de- designed by uh, Takafumi uh, Tanabuchi and Masayuki Karashi of Bondcraft is, is what my notes say. I think this is reported from Wikizilla. I've got a picture of <laughs> uh, the the Mothra prop. The, the wire work they do in this movie is very impressive as well, because you get some pretty great flyby effects it's it's honestly some of the best we've seen in the kind of toho verse thus far in terms of just just the wire work Uh, i'm not saying it has the best special effects the best looking creatures even though it has good special effects and looking creatures but i think the wire work in this one like we just were talking about how good the the ghidorah heads look where like in this the 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 showa era ghidorah it all the heads flopping around look like three kettles (laughs) you know that's one of the reasons i wasn't a big fan of ghidorah in his Showa and even Heisei outings. I, as a kid, I still thought of him conceptually was scary. I always thought he was the scary monster. I, I love Heisei Mothra. I thought they just did such a great job with the the wing movements and things like that. This one, it maybe not, not as good as the Godzilla versus Mothra film, but I, I think they do such a great job. There, there are parts that I'm like, you know, I forget that this is just a... a you know, on a soundstage or, or whatever, and they're filming it kind of just going whoosh <laughs> through through the air. Go looking at some of the behind the scenes things, you they they really do a great job without 
the scaling of buildings or what have you at making you believe this is a massive creature, which is, I think, much harder than when they do try to do that in Godzilla movies, where, where you have those things to scale them very easily. And like I said, for the most part, this is out in the woods. This is out in the mountainous wooded region of, of Hokkaido and makes it even more difficult. Anything about the designs here? Either fairy um, or of Garo not, you want to Not out? specific design. I have, I have a couple comments on some of the actions of some of these monsters, but we can talk about it a little bit. I love the colors of Mothra Leo. I think he looks awesome. I mean, I'm a big fan of the green. I'm a, my green's my favorite color, but like I I think it's such a different look. And in mm-hmm. a series when you often have a new version of a monster, I mean heck. Look at the iterations of Godzilla, most the same. Even when the different versions of Godzilla Jr., he grows up to look almost the exact same as as Papa Bear. But the fact that Mothra Leo, while still being a Mothra, has a different pattern entirely from his mother, I love that. I think that's so cool. And it honestly makes Mothra Leo stand out. It makes the character's existence more exciting to me. And I, I really liked that choice. It it begins later in the series to kind of feel like they are selling action figures and like giving Mothra different like uh oh the, the, they, they know how their bread's and, buttered a hundred percent half but the, half the reason I, most of these things exist is to sell toys. I think that's because I'm I'm jaded just from American movies and, and TV where they do. S- similar things to, to sell let, toys. Let me, let me, let like me introduce a, you to Common Rider and, yeah. and Super Sentai. <laughs> well, I was about to say, I, I just, I, I don't know if it's, it's, it's that, uh, it's same that situation <laughs> in J- Japan, but I, I feel like they definitely could have sold some oh, more. There, there are full on different designs that don't get future attentions because of how little toys they did or didn't sell. Yeah. That, that a hundred percent happens, but, but yeah, we have, a, we have a third one to talk about. Tell us a little bit about, about our, our fairy Mothra. Yeah. I, I was about to say, I, I, I like that they did at least go with a different prop here. Like somehow they, they made <laughs> the already fluffy Heisei Mothra into a cuter kind of version of for mm-hmm. the, the fairies to, to ride. Uh, I, I will say the one part of the film I really didn't like is after the chase scene with Garo Garo where they're chasing after Belvera in the 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 family's home in the the Goto household and it just gets absolutely destroyed. I dislike it kind of it takes some damage during that. So it transitions from the prop special effect that they used for like sitting on it and, and flying around and doing those moves to the prop the miniature prop that the young daughter carries around and the, the screen edit from one to the other <laughs> makes it look like a completely different, you know, moth because it is one, <laughs> one is like a giant thing that they kind of can sit on. And the other is a, a tiny toy that they carry around, but it looks so different. <laughs> I was like, Oh, did becoming depowered in this moment, make its color uh, change slightly. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. But yeah, you, you said you really like the the fairy moth. Yeah, I I mean it's it's fun because the the Elias are are flying around this thing for most of the movie. Gave me a little bit of a Honey I Shrunk the Kids vibe. 
it really does yeah that that segment and it's it's not just like the terrible kind of blue screen <laughs> in in some instances there but yeah just the the hijinks of of that scene you get belvera opening the can of beer <laughs> she gets like blasted back <laughs> yeah and there are there are a lot of hijinks in this movie uh this is i mean we haven't talked a lot about it but there there are a lot of silly things that happen and in conjunction with, and this is what I've grown to love about watching Japanese family fantasy films, is they're not afraid to have the threat of death or danger, like actual death or danger. <laughs> oh, those kids like, are put in peril like every 10 minutes in this film. <laughs> yeah, but it, like there, there's just a very there. It, it's not like some American adventure family fi- films where like there's never real any stakes, you know? Yeah. Nothing, I mean, nothing really bad happens in uh, a lot of right. American I mean, there, there are some th- there's some movies this kind of stops kind of post hocus pocus where I feel like Disney stopped doing that, even in their Halloween centric movies. And and now it's a real struggle because after the 80s, we're like, yeah, kids are in peril all the time, even even in in like a a childhood class at like the Goonies, like those kids are constantly about to be murdered. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> and like one kid's hand, hand is put in a blender and being threatened and yeah, they, they, they get guns shoved in their face all the time in that film. yeah and that just doesn't really happen as much and when it does it's always noticeable like whenever a kid's actually in danger like it i mean that's what made stranger things stand out that's what made uh netflix's night books stand out as uh, one of their kids horror affairs was like oh the kids are actually in danger and this is a really good story so I have always appreciated that about these Japanese fantasy kaiju films that we've watched is that element stays in there even at least so far. Mm-hmm. And despite the fact that there are plenty of antics that kids are supposed to be laughing at, like everything involving the the the, the tiny people, Belvera, like constantly mucking things up. And Bel- Belvera is one of the best parts of this movie. <laughs> Belvera is, is, is great. Uh, I mean, I... I imagine uh, played it, played like, by Aki Hano. I, I don't think we mentioned. I think all three of them are in all three movies. All three of the the Elias sisters, which is is good. I'm I'm glad because like, like she gets yeah she I mean I mentioned that she gives kind of Reed Repulsa vibes. She still acts to this day, and I, I I thought her performance as Belvera was very very fun because the way she acts does kind of coincide with oh she's our troublemaking sister because she's always giving the look of oh i'm being a mischievous scamp it's just the <laughs> mischievous scamp she's doing is mass genocide so it's 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 <laughs> very funny in that respect it's, it's a very dark humor that they do that but i i very much appreciate that um this entire cast is honestly pretty solid the kids are great all yeah. the adults are really decent the mom especially i thought was pretty good yeah, I'm, I was actually uh, pretty flabbergasted because it's been a while since I've seen this movie. I, I didn't remember. And I think I was confusing it with Rebirth of Mothra 2, where this is a family film because they don't separate the kids from the the parents and like the parents don't know anything that's going on. You have to help these like magical twins. feels like that'd be very simple to do in this kind of movie but no mom comes along for an adventure they find dad at some point and they all do kind of work together towards towards the the end of the film mm-hmm. I, I thought that was pretty interesting we have 
some other films that we're going to see Megumi Kobayashi in, who plays Mona or, or Maul, including uh, Gamera the Brave. I think she's one of the main actresses in, in that film. And yeah, she talked about that one. Yeah, well, like spoiler warning. I, <laughs> I, I historically, I haven't watched this movie in a while, but historically, like that's a favorite uh, of mine. I'm excited to to revisit it. She's also in Hoshi 35, which is a a legacy kaiju crowdfunded film that mm-hmm. is just released in Japan this year. And yeah, so hopefully by the time we get to the 2020s, we will be able to watch it. <laughs> uh, Laura played by um, Yamaguchi in the film has, I, I think she was a teenager when this movie came out. So she's the, I think the younger or shorter of the two sisters they are no longer twins. That's the other thing, which was, yeah, that's, that's the weird thing. I, I, well, I think they're supposed to be twins in the Heisei movie, but they were not twins in real life. <laughs> But uh, yeah, she she's had a huge long career in in television. I think along with Akihana, she's done a lot of TV as well. But yeah, do you have a favorite scene in the the film, Miles? It, it's not that it's a favorite scene, although I do love when Desi is snacking on the larvae because I I was just like kind of shocked by like you see mm. like I was, you saw the all the like the, the Mothra baby blood flying everywhere, and I'm like, is this a Gamera movie? <laughs> yeah, um, no, they they're pretty violent here. <laughs> But there's there's this one part like after like the the larvae has been hiding and on the run from Desigitara and all of a sudden just turns around and like after this thing has been in the movie for a little bit and has like sprayed is the little like silk that Mothra always has the larvae always have mm-hmm. so he turns around and just starts shooting these green blasts at <laughs> at Desigitara and my, my my note literally says well why did the little bastard blast them to begin with. <laughs> because like I, you just now have this. Yeah, they just bust out powers like as they they need <laughs> but, them. But the way he turns around and does it, it just that there's so much sass in that little larvae. I mean, every mm-hmm. every time I watch that, I had to rewind it. It made me laugh so hard. And and for whatever reason, like that's my favorite scene. It's just the way this thing just whips <laughs> around and starts like 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 this little guy was going to take out Desigitara and just starts blasting him. It's hilarious. <laughs> you just what, what about you? Well, I texted you while I was watching the movie, and there's a scene where the kids are about to fall into the lava, and Mothra and Deskadora are having this epic nighttime battle over the volcano. Some of the best kind of pseudomation and like kaiju special effects and action I've I've seen in almost any Heisei film. I was like, wow, this is pretty tense, you know, climax for this film. They they really they really got there. And then I looked at the time, and there was still a full hour left in the runtime yeah, of the movie. Well, that, I was like, that's what? honestly, that's a problem with this movie. What? How <laughs> and I realized Mothra hadn't died yet. This is like the original Mothra. I was like, oh, wow. The first 40 minutes feels like a whole movie. And then they have a whole nother movie after it. It was good, though. It's just it was oddly paced where I, I this, for some this... reason I just felt like it was almost over. <laughs> no. And, and to segue into what doesn't work for this film is is the pacing of this movie. This movie is pace in such a weird way that it will go on these breaks of doing this stuff with the family or like some non-kaiju stuff with the sister or the the, mm-hmm. the Elias or whatever. And it just grinds this movie to a halt. It's, and there I feel like there's a way to pace this movie better. You may not have to take out too too much, but like this movie like many times I mean I felt like you I was like, oh man, this is oh, this is good. Like how much time do we have and it's like 
There's 45 minutes left in this movie. What, what are we doing? a lot of movie left. Yeah, it's an hour and 46 minutes film, which doesn't sound like it's doesn't very long. It doesn't sound like it's long, but it feels it. For as and... much as they actually do pl- kind of plot-wise, I feel like they probably could have chopped off 20 minutes easily and fallen right into that snug sub-90 uh-huh. minute for a kid's movie film and had the attention of everyone not just you know i think kids even would have gotten kind of uh bored by it at some point i mean it it depends i mean it, it's hard to say i mean in comparison ferngully is a brisk 76 minutes yeah well animated is a little bit different but yeah they got the point across and i, I think they just spent so much time with our hero protagonist kaiju in larval form and then finally gets to you know transform and, and become <laughs> a overpowered leo <laughs> and then you have like a whole nother 20 minutes in that form it's like wow they really really were dragging this out in in, in a lot of ways yeah i i i agree i think i think there's a, there's a bunch of things that, that end up dragging this movie down and it honestly i mean it does drag the movie down and I'm I'm trying to think like you know if I had seen this maybe closer to when it's come out or maybe when I was this came out when I was um, teen um I, I could see maybe being a little bit more invested in some of the kid hijinks and not that I can't be investing kid hijinks but there there's a specific like type of kids movie that sometimes feels branded specifically to that audience to where it's not really for anybody else it's it's really just trying to get their attention and them to get their parents attention to buy them the toys that's kind of how this feels a little bit at at times but it doesn't keep it from being a good movie but it certainly keeps it from being a great one yeah yeah and that's that's about where i felt Uh, kids families i should say loved this movie though i believe it it. out Uh, it i think was number two at the japanese box office that year, they immediately greenlit the sequel for for the following year, and yeah, by by the end of the the year, I guess beginning of the the following year, it had earned close to one point five billion in in Japan and in in rentals, and the total box office almost topped two billion. So it's you know one of the most successful Heisei films for for Toho in general. And yeah, part of that is he got got the kids back loving these these kaiju characters and 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 ready to go with 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 family members, which is pretty awesome. They they did did very well in that. That in retrospect, critics are a little more harsh on this film. Gets anywhere on your Rotten Tomatoes, Letterboxd, IMDb, like in the five to six star range, which I feel is a little rough. But maybe we should talk about our own ratings for this movie, Miles. What what do you have down for personal enjoyment? Where do you where do you end as just your kind of function um, of this film? So yeah, for my personal enjoyment, this is and I I like my fair share of of kid centric stuff. I watch plenty of it. Mm. That said, I think it also gets in the way of this particular movie. I as we just said, it's paced very very strangely, and some of the antics are a little bit too much. It kind of repeats itself a lot. That said, the the kaiju aspect is great. I love the environmental angle. I love the reintroduction of Mothra. 
And I think that aspect is very good. I like the new lore with the Elias and their evil, their evil sister. We didn't mention um, that it's very much like Gamera, you know, like this ancient mm-hmm. society has got like protectors against alien invaders or that. Yeah. So while so while I certainly have, you know, some struggles with this movie, I still think it's a very good one. Mm-hmm. And 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 per that, and I was kind of looking at our scale and thinking about how I felt about it. I'm very comfortable giving this a solid seven out of ten. Yeah. Okay. Is that what I gave it? No, I gave it a six out of ten for our scale for personal enjoyment. That is, yeah, good. And uh, seven is like a very good. And I think we're right there on on the bubble. Um, if we if we were giving half points, that's probably I'd probably more of a six and a half. Yeah, uh, because, I, probably... but I, do, I do think the concept is interesting, you know, and I think they do, they do some good stuff. But like for, for my personal enjoyment, it just kind of drags, you know, it, 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 you know, I, I it's been probably a few years since I've seen the entire trilogy. I do remember enjoying the other films a little bit more, even though they are definitely not as good of films. I feel like this is like a better film in general, but I enjoy the other ones because they're, they're almost a little hokier, a little cheesier. There's plenty plenty of trash that I outright love. So I get you, (laughs) but yeah, this one is, is a very good film. So my, my personal enjoyment is six out of 10 does not reflect in the, the film itself, which for the technical aspect, I'm giving it an eight out of 10. I think this is extremely, you know, pretty looking film it is very i mean it doesn't just feel like something they pumped out for you know children's film fodder it is some of the best special effects in toho in in the entirety of the 1990s the director i mentioned or you know has a spielberg like quality if it's you know stealing or homage or whatever it is it doesn't matter you know if you look like you're making a spielberg film you're you you're just making a film that looks good <laughs> it is there's a number of shots and kind of styles that you just don't get in other Toho Godzilla movies. So there are some script problems for sure that cause this film to to drag, but I still think it's a very solid technical start to the trilogy. So yeah, eight out of 10. What about you, Miles? To be perfectly honest, I'm right there with you. I completely agree. I think that, you know, even as a kid's film, despite my misgivings with it in some of its attempts, it's very solid. The cast is excellent. The special effects are very good. The script is and, and the and the kind of editing are what really drag this movie down. I think this could have been cut, like you said, about 20 minutes, and you would have really had a very nice tots like movie. So I mean, this movie is rife with those things because I think those things I've I've probably marked movies less severely for this, but in this one, I feel like it does really drag the film down it drags my enjoyment down it well the fact that we both had the experience like oh yeah this is this is cool we must be close to the end and there's an hour left the movie is not necessarily a great thing it's one thing if you're like checking your watch because you're watching the batman and you know it's three hours long and that you only have an hour left but i I feel a little you know spoiled the last kind of kids kaiju movie that we watched was honey i blew up the kid and that one was like like 86 minutes or something it like that. It's super short. Yeah. Yeah. Like by no, comparison. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that that's a problem. I don't mind a longer runtime, but you need to earn it. And I don't think this film does. So I'm I think that really does hurt the film. So I'm I'm with you in in the eight out of ten. I think this movie's still great. And I think that the special effects and the technical aspect are some of the best parts of it, but it is held down 
by some of the other technical aspects like the script and the editing. Also, actually, while we're on it, the music. I mm-hmm. We haven't talked about the music. It's not bad. It's not great. But there... There are melodies in like a recurring uh, movement in this score that felt like it completely lifted Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's some some more homages perhaps to to Western cinema. Toshiyuki uh, Watanabe and uh, Kiko Yano arranged the the new score, and of course some some original songs in there as well, which were were great. But yeah, the kind of interstitial you know, background soundtrack is, you know, I mean, it's not a Godzilla movie. (laughs) No, it it, it is. It is most certainly not. How (laughs) how do you feel about the evocative aspect of this movie? Yeah. So I think this does stand very tall as far as Mothra films go. This works as a standalone film. It kind of works as a reboot to the mythos. And like I said, in the same way that guardian of the galaxy did that, it just, it, felt like it borrowed some of the ideas, but was not in the, it's a new continuity. It's not, it's, you know, show a continuity, which I both enjoy and kind of am a little sad about in both instances, but yeah, I was very pleased to see this movie stood up and just didn't feel like a continuation of the Godzilla Heisei films. It does feel like it's its own thing. But despite the very heavy handed environmental messages and the, the very 90s-ness of, of the film, I, I'm giving this very high marks as a kaiju film. For for what it was, uh, for a, a children-friendly kaiju film, this is almost perfect. So almost perfect, giving it a 9 out of 10 as a, as a kid's kaiju film. I don't think there's anything that beats this. Since the Showa era, really, and maybe not until Gamera <laughs> the Brave. <laughs> but what about you, Miles? Man, I'm I'm torn because I, I agree with what you're saying mm-hmm. for its evocative nature. I don't go that strongly for whatever reason. Uh, I yes. it, I think a, a nine out of ten on our scale is in enriching and transformative. Yeah, and I just I don't feel that way about this movie. Mm-hmm. I do think that this movie, as far as it being evocative of what kaiju films are, and I mean, certainly this one was a culturally relevant kaiju film. So I, I can't log it too low, but I I'm kind of in between. My initial score was a seven, but I think I'm bumping up to an eight because I think this is a, a very, yeah. very strong movie. I don't I can't I just I don't feel like it's that high, even as a very good kids kaiju film my my barometer well we'll see if it sticks but will come in several years to come but i yeah I'm, I'm sticking with the with with an eight for this one well that puts our scores kind of like right there in the middle <laughs> we're both averaging to a a soft eight like a 7.6 yeah we both have a 7.6 that's <laughs> but if if we're adding them but together, we had, we had a roundup. I know that that means the uh, the, my seven. the the final score is an eight, eight out of ten, which puts in you know some some pretty hollowed uh, territory as far as scoring goes. Yeah, for, it's it's a little um, higher than I expected it to be. To be well, perfectly honest, I thought we were both kind of going to go around the seven range. Just to, um, you know, to compare it to the other Heisei movies, that's the same score that we gave. Godzilla versus Mothra, which I think I kind of agree with. I think, uh, yeah, 
both are about there at the same kind of threshold. I think I enjoy that movie a little bit more because it's got Godzilla, but is maybe a, this one's a better, you know, kind of use of Mothra. And we also get yeah. back to uh, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Yeah, and but even then, like I, I, out of those three, I would still if I if I had to rank those three, this one would be third. <laughs> I was about to say I, I maybe gave those a little higher. I gave those nines. You gave them eight. Is there anything that we both gave an eight to recently? Uh, <laughs> the Return of Godzilla. We we both gave an eight to. So I, I I think it's in that kind of territory. Yeah, but yeah, we we call eights, nines, and tens. I would, I would agree with that. I would I would agree with that. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's more in that territory for sure. Yeah. So that, that, that is interesting. Yeah. I, I was, I, I was right there on the cusp. I was like with, with my score, like if he didn't enjoy it as much, it would be going down to a seven, which I'm like fine with, but I I think this is a good one. And I don't think we're going <laughs> to surpass that in this trilogy. But once again, it's been a while since, since I've seen all three of them. Um, but that's, that's not what we're doing next week. Uh, <laughs> thanks for, for <laughs> for watching this with me if you want to talk to us about anything mothra or kaiju you can find us on social medias at kaiju versus history on our website kaiju versus or email us kaiju versus history at gmail and i think i just checked the email <laughs> we haven't gotten uh, anything specific recently but you can also check out our letterbox account to see all of our reviews and uh, a list of upcoming films to know what you you can watch and and listen along with miles what are we doing next week and why are we doing it? well thank you patrick and thank you listeners and we're gonna catch you next time i think you had written this for yourself when this po- <laughs> oh, podcast yeah. is held hostage by moi and we return to the u.s and specifically chicago as it it, it hosts its own mythical genetic monster inside a museum for some kaiju adjacent action that's right in case you for some reason guessed it tune in next time for history versus the relic bah, 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 bah.